We're so glad you're here today, whether you're a grandparent, a mom, a brother or a sister, family member, friend, we just welcome you today. And we're so glad you've joined us on this special Mother's Day. And I get the privilege today of introducing our guest. And not only is she a family member, she is a sweet lady, let me tell you. She's married to my cousin, Dave Coriel, and her name is Tiffany Coriel. Yes, let's give them a hand. <laughs> Tiffany is a pharmacist and she worked full time for nine years before she became a mom. And then she decided she wanted to put a, her time into being a mom and now she works one day a week and she has two children now and she is a blessing to other moms as well. Tiffany has a blog where she encourages other mothers. She tells her stories. She's just real. She tells them what it's like for her and she shares wisdom with other moms. She has resources for other moms that they can download those resources and help them. Not only that, she's an author of two published children's books. And you know what? She's just a gifted lady. Tiffany, could you come up, please? And I know she's got a lot to share with you today and just pour her heart out. Thank you, Tiffany. There we go. It was just in the wrong position. Okay. So you're good now? Okay. Okay. So technology is always my biggest. Oh, is it cutting out again? That's good. Okay. <laughs> um, I am so blessed to be here. I okay. Is this is better? It's just, this is actually better for me because that was messing with my hair. <laughs> so, and I've been practicing with a hairbrush all week, you know, holding it like your microphone. So this, I feel natural. Um, I've also been giving my sermon several times to about 200 stuffed animals, and they have been really impressed. They have all given their hearts to Jesus. The playroom, <laughs> the playroom has been completely, you know, transformed. It is a good place. So it is nice to see actual faces, though, um, that can give me some response. So I am looking forward to that for sure. Um, you know, I have a message for you today. If you can hear my voice, if you're online, if you're in a chair, if you can hear my voice, God has a message for you that I am so excited to share. So if you thought you were going to get off the hook because it was Mother's Day <laughs> and you had a guest speaker, that's not the case. God was very specific whenever I prayed about what I was supposed to speak to you guys today, and he said it's for something for every single person that is hearing this voice. He wants to awaken something in you that has potentially been dead for a while, something that you've put to the side that you thought maybe you heard him wrong, but you didn't hear him wrong, friend. He is just waiting for you to say yes, and he's been, wait he's been building you and creating you so that you can arrive at the right time to do what it is that he's promised in your life. So this message is for you. There's more to your story. So, I have been praying for you guys so much this week. You have been on my heart, and I want to start off with one more prayer before we jump right on in, okay? Dear Lord, I just invite your presence here. I know that you are already here. I can feel it. 
but I want more of your presence. I want the wind from heaven. I want the fire from heaven. I want it to be brought down into this place. I want you to pierce every heart that is here with the words that you are specifically speaking to their situation. Dear Lord, flood their minds and their thoughts with words that are directly from you. Let there be no mistake that you are speaking directly to them, that you've brought them here to hear these words. Give them tangible evidence. Amen. Okay, so the question that I want to ask you guys today is, are you asking God what he can do with your life right now? I think a lot of times we don't think about the right now. We think about what God did in our past, which was maybe fabulous, or we think about what the promises he's given us in like the future, the far future, but we don't necessarily always think about the right now. You know, it's easier to not ask the question. And I know most of you, your knee-jerk answer whenever I ask the question is, of course I'm asking the God like what he wants to do with my life right now. But are you really? If you examine it, are you really? You know, we love to have a life that's easy. I love Easy Mac, <laughs> you know? I mean, but and even, even Easy Mac with four and a half minutes that it takes in the microwave, like sometimes that can feel even hard. So we don't want always to sincerely ask God this question because we don't want to maybe take the responsibility for the answer that he gives us because it's just easier if we just kind of ask him and don't really listen. We can also get busy, busy being busy. I know I can be really guilty of this. And, you know, that's where Satan wants to keep you, being so busy that you don't even think about asking God, what do you want to do with my life right now? You know, he doesn't even have to wage wars against you like we think about, you know, Satan doing this and that to us. He doesn't even have to do that. He just has to fill your schedule with stuff. So whenever you sincerely ask this question, God's going to give you an answer. He's going to answer what he wants to do in your life right now. And you have two choices on your answer, what you're going to say back to him. You can say yes, or you can say no. If you say yes, you have the opportunity to co-labor and partner with God to do something amazing, to be literally on the front lines of what God wants to do through you to reach others. And if you say no, you just have to sit on the sidelines, and you're going to wish that you had said yes. So there's a few things we need to come to terms with before we can, you know, really sincerely ask this question of God and accept the answer from him. And the first one is, do you believe that you have a unique purpose for your life? You know, God gave you a unique purpose for your life before you were ever in your mother's stomach. Jeremiah 1.5 says, before I started to put you together in your mother, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart as holy. I chose you to speak to the nations for me. You know, as moms, we start planning for our kids way before we have kids. I had a Pinterest board for my kids like 10 years before I ever had a kid. I had my Pinterest board before I even knew who the father was that I wanted to be to this child. <laughs> but I most certainly knew that I wanted them to have drafts on their walls, right? 
And God plans for your life way before 10 years. He literally planned for your unique purpose in your life since the beginning of time. It is no mistake that you were born when you were born, where you were born, with your unique characteristics. God purposefully did all of those things. You know, and the difference between me planning and God planning is that whenever God plans something, it's actually set into motion. Like whenever God speaks something, I mean, think about whenever he created the word, he, the world, he spoke it and it came into being. That's the same thing that he's doing with the unique purpose in your life. He speaks it and it is. The world listens and things begin to move in that direction so that you are lined up perfectly to coincide with your unique purpose that he's created for you. When I was pregnant, or I wasn't pregnant yet, I wanted to be pregnant with my little girl, and I was walking through Hobby Lobby. I know most of you guys probably won't understand this, but Hobby Lobby has like fabulous signs that have like these messages on them. So I was walking through the aisle, and I saw a, a sign, and it had Jeremiah 1.5 on it. And it said, you know, I knew you before I formed you. And I started to cry whenever I saw that sign because I so desperately wanted to be pregnant with my daughter, and I wasn't yet. And I so desperately wanted to know her, even though she wasn't in my stomach. I didn't know she was going to be a her at that point, but I wanted to know, know the baby. And it was so comforting to me to know that even though I did not have a child in my womb, that God already knew that child. And not even the fact that if she was going to be a boy or a girl or what color her hair was going to be, but he knew her. He knew the unique purpose he was going to place in her life. You know, the very last part of that verse of Jeremiah 1.5 that I read to you, it says, I chose you to speak to the nations for me. You know, your life, you living out your unique purpose is a living testimony to other people. Honestly, it's selfish if you don't do that. You are preventing people from knowing God, knowing him better, knowing him more, maybe even getting into heaven. It is your life that they're going to watch be a testimony. You know, whenever he says the nations, he's not talking about just the people that are sent to Africa. He's not just talking about people that stand in the pulpit or sit in the front row. He's talking to each one of us. You speak to the nations through your testimony, every single one of you. Number two, do you believe that God has a unique purpose for every season, every day, and even at like a micro level every moment of your life? Psalm 139, 16 says, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Every single day. Can you, like, even really think about that for a minute? Like, every single day of your life has been written down, and, like, not in pencil. He wrote it with a Sharpie. <laughs> every single day. You know, God doesn't waste any season. We can think that it's the happy seasons that God wants to use, the ones where we look put together, where people would actually want to listen to us, where we would maybe have something actually beneficial to say to somebody, that somebody would look at us with, you know, thinking that we have it all together. And he most certainly can use those seasons for sure. But he can also use those seasons that have a lot of heartache and sadness. You know, oftentimes suffering 
creates questions. And those answers can be found as we let God use that season to fulfill our purpose in his life. So if you find yourself in a season of betrayal or shame, maybe you're going through a divorce, you're looking for work, maybe you're a mom of littles and you're just completely exhausted, or you're a mom of teenagers and you're just completely confused. (laughs) You know, if you have death of a loved one that you're processing or you've been diagnosed with an illness yourself, these are all seasons that are not off limit to our God. He actually wants to use those seasons, I would say, sometimes even more than the happy seasons because that's where people relate to you. They see you as a person where they, and they see how you're letting God fill you up with your power, with his power in that season to work through you. You know, furthermore, he uses all kinds of people. There's nothing that excludes you from God using you. You know, he used people that were born from day one into just hardship, like life was not easy for them, like Ishmael, or people that were born on easy street to a king, like Jonathan. He uses people that are good to look at, like um, Abraham's wife, Sarah, she was supposed to be pretty, I think, and then, uh, or Paul, like they kind of think maybe he wasn't so awesome to look at, and he used both, both of them. He used a little boy that had a lunch to feed the multitude, And he also used people that were really, really old, like Abraham. He used people with a past that others would not want to touch and hang out with or have dinner with, like Rahab the prostitute. And he also used people that had had pretty much a blameless life, like Mary. He used Gideon, who was a scaredy cat. And he used Samson, that was maybe a little too arrogant. He used beggars that didn't have anything that were on the side of the road. And he used Solomon, which, which had lots of riches. You know, you can use your season and the hardships in the seasons as your offering to God. You can literally lay those tears, those worries, whatever it is. Just lay it at the feet of Jesus and give it as an offering and say, God, this is what I have. Do something with it. And he will every time. He's never going to meet that statement with, nah, I'm not going to. He wants you to give that offering to him, and he's going to use it. You know, and even more than this, even more than seasons, we can think even smaller, like the day-to-day. Because he wants to use your day-to-day. And, you know, something I started doing in the last year or so was before I ever get out of bed, You know that time, like, whenever the alarm clock goes off and you're like, oh, I don't want to get out of bed. This is horrible. And I would just kind of, like, lay there and complain. But I started changing it where I would say a little prayer to God. Nothing, like, super fancy, but just something that told God that I wanted him to have my day. And it just kind of goes something like this. God, here is my day. Give me eyes to see the things that you want me to see. Give me ears to hear the things that you want me to hear. Give me a heart that is sensitive to the things you want me to be sensitive. And give me feet to go the places that you want me to go. You know, you can start teaching your kids to do this from a very early age. I feel like it's very important to do that. You know, they can say this exact prayer in the morning. They need to know that they have a unique purpose in their life and that God's covering their day-to-day. You know, you don't have to wait to have permanent teeth to be used by God at all. Not at all. And on the flip side, if you don't have any of your teeth left and you wear dentures, like, he still wants to use you, right? 
So God is no respecter of teeth, like wherever you stand on that. Like he's really good with it. (laughs) So the third thing that we need to come to terms with before, you know, we can really sincerely ask this question of what what do you want to do with my life right now is do you trust that God knows best? Because oftentimes what God's going to come back at you with is something that you're going to say, um, God, do you even know me? Like, because it's going to seem in oftentimes direct opposition of anything that we think could be halfway used by God. It's honestly going to be something that we don't feel like we're very good at a lot of times. You know, I'm reminded of the story of Gideon in the Bible. And he was a self-proclaimed scaredy cat. And nobody would have tried to talk him out of it. Like, he was just scared, scared, scared all the time. But an angel came to him and actually came to him while he was hiding one day and called him Mighty Warrior. And come to find out, Gideon actually really was a mighty warrior whenever God put his power through him. He became one of the best judges. You know, Gideon had a choice at that moment, though. He could choose to trust and be a part of the plan or stay on the sideline. You have that exact same choice for you. You know, it was in Gideon's weakness that God was glorified and made strong, and it's in your weakness that God's going to be glorified and made strong, too. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, My grace is all that you need. It says, my power works best in weakness. It goes on to say that we can actually take pleasure in our weaknesses. And we can take pleasure in our weaknesses because we know that that is where God shows up. He shows up in our weaknesses because he knows that we're not going to take any glory for it. And anybody that knows us is going to know that it's God's power that's working through us to do that. You know, God sees you differently than anybody else sees you. He sees you differently than your spouse sees you, sees you differently than your children see you, your mom and dad see you differently than your coworkers see you. He sees you differently than you see yourself. And he sees you differently than you see yourself because he's the one that created you. So he knows how he put you together. He, he knows all of the things about you. So he sees you completely different. He sees all the things that are still hidden in you that he's going to bring to life and use. You know, it's often the thing that we think disqualifies us that actually qualifies us. Moses had a stutter, and yet God chose him to speak to the nation of Israel and be like his voice. That is a really big speaking gig, like a really big one. You know, Mary and Joseph, they were just teenagers when they found out they were going to have baby Jesus. Like, I get nervous whenever I hire a teenager to even babysit my kids. I like them to be, like, 20-plus. But God's like, I know you're a teenager, like, but here's baby Jesus, you know? Go with it. And, um, you know, to trust God, it works best whenever we keep our eyes focused on him. Because whenever we look other places, not on him, we get distracted. We start looking at other people's opinions, what they're saying about us. We start questioning what it is that God has said about us, the unique purpose he's called us to do, the the very next step that he's told us to take. 
So if you can just keep your eyes trained on him and don't look to the right or the left anywhere, just look on him, then he's all the person that you need to look at. He's going to take you there. And it's going to help you take your thoughts captive and not let other thoughts infiltrate if you just keep your eyes on him. You know, me standing here is like the perfect example of this because Tiffany does not talk on stages <laughs> at all. I'm extremely shy. I've always been shy. I've kind of grown into myself as I've gotten older because of God's like power working through me. But like it was never my plan to ever stand on a stage and share about God. I mean, I'll share about God like to the person sitting next to me, but like on a stage, on a big stage with a microphone in my hand, like, no, thank you. But God's able to work through me in ways that I'm not able to do myself. I can be completely confident that I can deliver a good message to you because I know God can deliver a good message to you. And all he needs me to do is show up and pick up, pick out the outfit. So, <laughs> you know, God sees your perceived weakness as the perfect setting for a miracle, truly a miracle. With his help, people will actually start to perceive your, strength, your weakness as a strength. I know that, you know, getting ready for this sermon, I, several of my friends have, they've sent me messages like, you were born for this, you were made for, you know, like this is, and they have no idea what my message is even about. But truly, like they, it hit me whenever they sent me those messages because, yes, I was born for this because God put that unique purpose and plan for my life. He knew he was going to take that really shy second grader and he was going to be able to put, um, empower me to be able to, to speak to people. You know, my very life is a testimony now because I said yes to God. And he wants your very life to be a testimony as well. So once we know all of these things, like you believe that you have a unique purpose for your life, you believe that you have a unique purpose for every season and day and moment, once you believe that you can trust that God knows best, how do we take the want to to the how to? Like, how do we actually do it? So the first thing you can do is look at what's currently in your reach. Like, another way to say this is what's in your hand. Like, maybe not literally what's in your hand, but, you know, Moses really did have something in his hand. He had a staff. I think about this, and God used that staff. You know, he used that staff to turn, uh, it turned into a snake when he was trying to convince Moses to go uh, take the Israelites out of Egypt. And um, it was the thing that he held up above the Red Sea whenever it parted. He, it was the staff that he held up in battle whenever they were fighting. When he held it up, they would win. When it came down, they would lose. And I know you don't have a staff in your hand, probably, but you do have something. Like, what's coming into your mind right now whenever I say that? Like, what is in your hand? What is in your grasp? What is in your reach that you could do for God right now? And if it isn't coming to your mind today, I pray that it comes to you later today or later this week and that you are prompted in your spirit that that's a thought from God and that's something that he wants you to move on. I encourage you to write it down because so often we can have these thoughts on Sunday and then we forget about them on Monday, you know? Yeah? But write it down. Don't let yourself forget about it. God's speaking to you 
I've been very specific in my prayers. I want him to speak specifically to every single person in their unique, super unique situation. And I want him to give you something that he can use in your life right now. You know, God doesn't want to hide from you. He actually delights in revealing himself to you. So whenever you ask him these things, like, what do you want to do with my life right now? He's going to actually answer. And a lot of times, what he tells you, it's going to involve moving on a maybe. Like, maybe it will work out. Have you guys heard about the story in uh, 1 Samuel 14? It's about Jonathan, and he decides to go fight the Philistines with one other person. <laughs> and the verse I'm going to read to you is 1 Samuel 14, 6. And it says, Jonathan said to his young helper who carried his weapons, Come on, let's go to the camp of those foreigners. Maybe the Lord will use us to defeat them. It goes on to say, For nothing can hinder the Lord. He can win a battle, whether he has many warriors or only a few. Can you imagine being that armor bearer for Jonathan? And you're like, we're moving on like a maybe, like, you know? And, um, you know, Cliff Notes version, they did win. The Lord was with them, but they had to move on a maybe. And if they hadn't moved on a maybe, maybe they would have never seen that battle won. And it wouldn't have been a cool story for sure. I love cool stories. You know, I think that as you move, doors will open where they need to be opened, and they're going to close where they need to close. I think far too many of us just don't move at all. I think we're worried about moving in the wrong direction, so we just don't move and we just stand paralyzed in fear. That's not where God wants us. I think as we take the steps, God's going to direct from there, and he's not going to leave you. He's not brought you this far to leave you now, for sure. You know, you can start to think, what are you interested in? You know, because if you're following God and earnestly seeking him, your interests are going to line up with his, too. Like, he doesn't want to be on this journey with you where you're just like, oh, I hate this. This is horrible. Like, no, he wants you to get out of it, too. Like, it's, it's fun. Think about somebody that you partner with for something. Like, wouldn't it be so horrible if you were partnering with somebody and they were just like, this is the worst thing ever? Like, God doesn't want that. So he's going to naturally use things that interest you or he's going to put things in your heart that are going to be interested and attractive to you to line up with him. You know, God wants you to delight in the work, too, not just him. Psalm 37, 4 through 5 says, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desire. It says, Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him, and he will help you. So if what you're doing, if you're committing whatever it is to the Lord, like, that's where you find the delight. That's where you find the, um, where you can like stick with it for the long haul and you don't get tired. He gives you a supernatural strength to be able to stick with it for the long run. You know, number two is when the opportunity presents itself, you need to take it. You know, Esther is in the Bible and she is a queen. She is Jewish and she is married to a king who is not Jewish, but, um, she learns of this plan that in chapter 5 of that book that um, says that the, the Jews are going to be killed and wiped out. And she doesn't want her people to be killed. So she uses her the opportunity that, that she has, the position that she has as queen, to ask the king not to kill the Jewish people. 
And she had to do it scared because in those days, you know, you might think, oh, she's just asking her husband for a favor. But in those days, if you asked to have an audience with the king and he didn't like what you had to say, like, he would just kill you. And it was no big deal. I mean, that was just the way it was. So she knew that was a risk, but she also knew the position that God had placed her in. And she wasn't going to let fear keep her from it. And now I know most of us won't have to face death just for following God, potentially. But, you know, there's a lot of, like, things that can go with it, like humiliation and ridicule that we are, can face because of following God and doing what he's called to us to. I mean, think about Noah building the ark. I mean, like it hadn't rained in a really long time. Those people thought he was completely nuts, but they really wished they would have been on the boat when it started going down, when it started raining. You know, this is whenever the Holy Spirit really comes in handy because he can help us not fear the ridicule of man. I have to ask for this all of the time. You know, you don't have to be fancy, have a fancy position like a queen, These positions come in all shapes and sizes and pay grades. I mean, the opportunities present themselves in a variety of atmospheres. This is Mother's Day, so, I mean, the thing that comes first to my mind is just you being a mom. Like, your position as a mom is so cool and big because you have these children that you are influencing. You have their complete attention and audience. This is your chance to raise children that are going to grow up and love the Lord with all of their heart and all of their strength. Do not let the opportunity pass you by. Don't sit on it. Don't think that somebody else is going to do it for you. Don't think the church is going to do it for you. It is you, mom. You have the perfect position for that. You know, if you're a business owner, perfect position. Or if you're a boss in any form, perfect position. Teachers, you can teach, you can reach your children Somebody, everybody has a position that they're in. You know, you can ask yourself, who are you brushing up against? And where are you planting your feet that lines you up perfectly for God, for what God wants to use you for? You know, David was a shepherd, and he had practiced a whole lot with the slingshot on a whole lot of things that weren't giants. But whenever he found his feet in a position where he could use the slingshot for a giant, he took the opportunity, and that giant came down. Again, another really cool story. So number three, and the last, the last thing is whenever you have God's unique purpose living out in your life, you need to shine the light back to him and be thankful for what's happening. You know, God inhabits the praises of his people is what Psalms 22.3 says. God is absolutely where the praise is. You know, if you are looking for help, if you're looking for answers, the best thing that you can do is just praise God. You can turn on worship music. You can just pray and tell him thank you. He's going to show up every single time. You know, if you have a prayer language, like use that. I think so many times we reserve those things for church whenever the church doors are open. But God can totally meet you in your home, in your car, literally wherever you're at. He's not confined by the walls of a church. 
And oftentimes, the times that I've praised him, I've had um, the most intimate times with him whenever it hasn't been inside of a church with other people around. It's just me and him on the floor of a bathroom. You know, what you magnify, you're going to get more of in your life. For better or for worse. This can go both ways, right? So the more you magnify God in your life, the more you praise him, the more you are thankful for him. Like, the more you're going to get from him, the more you're going to get out of that. And, you know, you can thank God before something happens. Like, you don't, we shouldn't actually wait until something happens. We need to tell him thank you in advance for it. Thank him for the promise that he's made you. You know, if you don't like where you're at right now, praise him. Praise him anyway. You know, whenever you do start working, walking in your unique purpose, people are going to start complimenting you for it. But make sure to put the spotlight back on the one that gave you the favor, back on God. Shine it all back to him. And make sure that they know that he's the one that's empowered you. You know, your purpose is always going to be linked to bringing people to Jesus. That's your purpose here on earth. And it's not necessarily from a pulpit. I mean, people are watching you. That's the biggest way people come to know Christ. They look at you and they get intrigued by you. They see you differently. You know, the the Bible actually calls us to um, be a peculiar people. I love that verse because I feel very peculiar. (laughs) So it really just justifies me. But we're called to be set apart and to be different. And that's whenever they see that different, they're going to ask you what it is and just make sure to to tell them what it is. Do you guys know what testimony means? It means do it again. So... As you tell people your testimony, as you're living out your testimony and telling them all about the cool things that God's doing through you and how he's fulfilling your unique purpose in your life, they're going to be inspired. They're going to have their faith grow because they think, hey, if God did that for them, yeah, he might actually do that for me, right, too? And then that inspires them to actually take that step. I mean, what I've been thinking about all week is just an army, an army of us. Like all just, if we all actually say yes to our unique purpose and plan and the things that he wants to in our life, can you imagine the army for God that can just sweep across this nation? You know? I mean, that's powerful whenever you think about an army. I think sometimes we... um, you know, think of Christ- Christians can be thought of as, I don't know, weak and just, you know, we're polite and all the things. But we are an army. We are an army for God. And, yeah, we can be nice and polite, too. It doesn't mean just because you're an army you can't be that. But we are strong. God makes us strong and courageous. I mean, that verse is in the Bible a million times. I know because my son struggles with being strong and courageous. So we hunt out all of those verses and we talk about them at great length. Strong and courageous. It takes strength and courage to walk in your unique purpose and to do that thing that God's calling you to do. You know, Ecclesiastes 3.14 says that God works so that people will be in awe of him, in awe of him, not in awe of you, in awe of him. That's why he works through you. 
So, you know, everything that we've talked about this morning, it all starts with an individual commitment. It starts right here. Nobody else can make the commitment for you to say yes to your unique purpose that God's calling to you for you right now. Your spouse can't do it for you. Your parents can't do it for you. Your best friend can't drag you along on this journey. Like, this is you that's making this. But praise God, it doesn't stop with you. Because what's going to happen is as you say yes to this new level of commitment of saying, yes, God, use me right now, it's going to spill out into your family. Doesn't that sound good? It's going to spill out into the entire church. It's going to spill out the doors into the community. And friends, it doesn't even stop at the community. Like, you've, we've got to stop thinking so small-minded. Like, it goes big, and it goes wide. If we each say yes, and we touch several people, I mean, just think of the, the multiplied effect that that has. I don't believe that this, I think this nation can be completely turned around, but I think it starts with an individual commitment of Christians that are willing to say, I don't care what anybody else is doing. I don't care what anybody else thinks. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to keep my eyes on God, and I'm going to do it. You know, I think of Isaiah 43, 19 that says, I am doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? Do you perceive what God's doing in your life? Can you feel it? Like right now, can you feel it? Can you feel that new thing? Can you hear that thing that God is saying, this has got to die over here. You've got to stop being mediocre. No more flying under the radar. I have a power that I want to infuse you with. A power straight from heaven. Like there's no middleman, you know. Like it's straight from God. And the same thing that he does for me is the same thing that he can do for you. And literally a million other people. Whenever we withdraw from God's power bank, like it doesn't deplete it. You know, when my kids ask me for something, like I'm a little depleted. But it's not like that with God. He can have the same outpouring of power and do the same awesome, cool stories in every single one of your lives. Like literally every single one. Like I could just count them off. There is nobody here that is exempt. Absolutely no one. He wants to awaken in you an urgency and a passion to live wholeheartedly, asking him what he wants to do with your life right now. No more mediocre living. That's been his word for you that he's spoken to me all week. No mediocre living. On fire living is what he's wanting. He wants to radically and completely change your life And he wants to do it before you even walk out the door. He wants this to be a day that you look back on and you say, this is the day that changed my life. And it's the day that changed my life because I said yes. And I actually started to believe that God created that unique purpose in me before I was ever formed. It's a unique purpose for every single day of my life. And I trust him. I trust him that he knows best. Although I cannot see ahead, I, can't, I don't see how it all lines up and pans out. And it seems like it just really ever couldn't. And it seems so much bigger than me. But I'm going to keep my eyes on God. And I'm just going to keep doing it. And I'm going to let my life be a testimony. Because, because you want people to come to Christ through that. 
you know, I just want you to take this message that you hear today and apply it to your life so that you're living a life that you were meant to. And if we can get musicians to come up here for a minute, um, I just want to take this chance to give anybody the opportunity that wants to have that special anointing that God can give you whenever you step out and you say, yes, God, like I want something unique in my life. I want that. Like I want you to use me in a way that I really hadn't maybe even ever thought about being used or I thought maybe being used in that way wasn't for me. It was for the person that has you know, that outfit or has that life set up, has that bank account, has whatever it is. Like God's absolutely no respecter persons. And he is the same today, yesterday, and absolutely forever. He wants to radically change you. Why would you leave these doors the same person whenever you could leave completely different and completely different in like a great way, like one where you're going to be a completely different spouse. Like your spouse is going to look at you after you walk out these doors and be like, hey, who are you? I really like you, but who are you? Because <laughs> God can change your life like that, right? He can and he will. And I just invite anybody that's feeling like they want that extra, that more of Jesus, that more of God, because, and I tell you what, friends, like there is nobody in here that has reached the level of where I don't need anymore. And if you have, that's a sad seat to sit in. I will always want more of God. I will never reach a level where I've got it all. I will always ask him for more, always, because he's so impactful with the way that you do business. He's so impactful with the way that your family life is. You don't have to have a rough family life anymore. It can be really filled with joy and peace. And you can, you need to stop, you need to start seeing what you can do in your own self, what God can use in your right now and stop waiting for somebody else to say yes to their right now. It starts with you. It's a personal commitment with it. You know, we can sit in our seats and I know you're all thinking, oh, well, I can just tell God, yeah, I'll do more. Like that's, he knows. But there is so much power Whenever you're brave, remember we start, start we talked about being brave and courageous, right? So sometimes that first step is just getting out of your seat because it puts feet to what's going on up here, you know? Because we can think a whole lot of time up here about what we will do, like a whole bunch. But the thing about just keeping it up here is it never gets out here. It never gets into your house. It never gets into your community. It never reaches past the state line. It starts with you getting out and coming forward and saying, God, more. I just want more. I don't even know. You don't even have to know exactly what it is, the more that he's talking about right now. So just get out of your seat right now. We're going to sing another song. And um, I just invite you.